Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Authors, I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with children's author Molly Fernandez, and I chat to Molly on writing metaphor, what metaphor is, the power it has in a work, Molly's books, AI, and much more. So in my author adventure this week, I have bitten the bullet and started sending out my quirky little picture book to a couple of publishers. There's not for where it fits in and not a lot are open at the moment. I'm finding a lot of children's submissions, especially for humorous publishers, are a certain time of the month or a certain time of the year or a certain season, things like that. So I've got a couple listed down for later on in the year. I've also had a librarian I followed up with want to purchase my nonfiction books for their collection. Print versions which now that I'm back in Perth I will be reinstating from my website as I can post them out to people now without being all over not knowing where I am so but I will let you know when this option is available should any of you lovely listeners like to read up on author fears and how to overcome them and freelance writing quick tips for fast success So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Let's all support each other. Molly Fernandez is a Western Australian teacher and writer just starting her author adventure. She has recently published Owen's Afternoon Tea, her rhyming picture book about a boy who loves birds, and her novel Call of the Boudier is about to hit stores. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Molly. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. We're absolutely thrilled to have you. Can you tell us from the beginning, I guess, you're just kind of stepping out into your author adventure. How has it been? It's been really good. I mean, a huge learning curve and just a big adventure of itself, actually. So I'm a primary school teacher and I love exploring books with children. And I actually spend a lot of time programming, just looking for really good resources and those resources that are really relevant to kids that are here in my classroom. So really local, relevant resources. And I was trying to find some interesting sources of information for the students about local history and Indigenous heritage. And I was just having a bit of trouble getting connection with that because a lot of the resources, it's changing rapidly, but at the time, a lot of the resources were very much Eastern States-based and a lot of the Indigenous information is only just starting to come out. It's a really exciting time now because there's so many wonderful people doing 
amazing work in that area. But um, I was also trying to teach kids about what a numbat was because I came across these students who really had no idea what a numbat was. <laughs> and again, that's sort of changing a lot now. But I just had this idea of this similarity between this tiger and the numbat. And the story just sort of unfolded from there. Started writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I know it's it's just so interesting to hear where obviously people get their ideas from or just get inspired to write their first novel or write their first book, you know. So that's uh yeah, very interesting that you've sort of seen gaps in the the market and then just uh just had ideas and went for it. As a very new state and a new country, there's so many amazing stories around us in our history and those stories are just getting a little bit of airtime gradually and slowly and there's so many wonderful experiences that local people have been through and that's what I really enjoy is connecting people with these stories that haven't been told. Absolutely no that's it and I feel the same there with this podcast I just I feel it's like another way to connect with people and share their stories about sharing stories so no it's all relevant and great so obviously being a teacher you know you're probably well versed in English and, and things like that but with book writing did you go to take a couple of classes or anything or did you just sit down and write the stories that just came out came out of you yeah I feel like I've always been a writer and I find sitting down to write for me is just as natural as walking as soon as I remove all those other kind of pressing obligations it just flows completely and I actually wrote some stories and a book as a as a, a very small child and I was saying to someone that when I was a kid saying that you wanted to be a writer was a bit like saying you wanted to be an astronaut so <laughs> just very pie in the sky and I think I always loved writing, but it always kind of got set aside, you know. So as soon as I had these kind of ideas, it all just flowed very quickly for me. Fantastic. And how has the publishing been of them, that experience? Oh, it's been really, really exciting and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> Nothing like actually doing the creative thinking and the writing, but it's been very positive and it's just such a nurturing world at the moment to be a writer. There's so many people that want to reach out and help you and there's so many tools that you can just use. So it's been really wonderful in that I've been able to do so much so quickly. Yeah, it's an amazing time absolutely to undertake this profession. And from when you first started writing the books to obviously publishing them and now being out promoting them, what's been the time frame? So I writed, I started writing the novel about four years ago and um, that kind of accidentally sat on the shelf for about six to eight months which was devastating I was like pouring my heart into my day job and thinking well oh, when am I going to get some writing time but um, then finished it about two years ago and then approached lots and lots of publishers and finally got my publisher for the novel uh, Europe Books so it's quite quick really for producing a book in terms of how long it usually takes I think just as I was coming to the end of writing the novel, I started to write this book, Owen's Afternoon Tea. And again, it was really came from a place of trying to introduce children to 
animals that weren't common to them, ideas that weren't common to them, and fields of, of science. So Owen's afternoon tea is about an ornithologist and about a harpy eagle, which I actually didn't really know much about until I started writing the book either. So that's where that came from. And that was a very, very quick project. And, and it's been really positive, actually. It's been just a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. It's, it's great that you, you know, you've entered the, the writing arena and everything's just flowed and, uh, yeah, as fate would have it. That's incredible. What's your, how has been working with Europe Books? How have you found them? Yeah, it's been really good. They're based in, uh, Italy. So it's, it's like a very long distance relationship. But they've been very supportive and the I'm very excited about how it all finished off and they did some editing for me and I had the cover done and I'm very excited about the finished product. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they, they did they take the books to the book fairs and things like that? I think yes. I heard that with yes, them. Yeah. Yeah. Very yep. exciting. <laughs> That's yeah. a, sort of bucket list of mine to make it to some of these big book fairs just to, to be a part of it, you know, like Bologna and uh what's the other one? The Frankfurt one's a huge one as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to all of that. There's so much that goes into the day to day of connecting with people though. So it's, and it is such a new process for me. So I really just am focusing on one little bit at a time. <laughs> I think that's the main thing though. So, you know, small steps, not to feel so overwhelmed because there is so much out there and there's always something else you could be doing or should be doing or, you know, and uh, it can be a bit overwhelming, I think. Definitely, especially with the whole social media thing, like that's another whole learning curve. And I've always approached social media with lots of creativity because I'm just so visually minded and very creative person. But the whole marketing side of social media, that's a very different process. Yeah, well, it sounds like, you know, if you, you're creative and you sort of enjoy it, then and, and if you I think with marketing, I think thinking not to sell is probably the best thing and uh, being creative with your books and just just showing people like different sides of it and things rather than thinking I've got to do this to sell the books or something do you know what I mean yes yeah Yeah. the heart comes up very quickly when you um, think of it in in sales mode yeah yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, oh, it's it's great you've had such a good experience and it just sounds like, it, you know, building and going from strength to strength. Uh, but today's topic is on writing metaphor. Just for the listeners out there who haven't really written metaphor before, can you share with us, you know, what metaphor is and how you incorporated it into your book writing? Well, my writing is is kind of very descriptive, actually. I'm always creating very much a, a picture in the mind of the reader. And um, I've got lots of friends who are writers who have a much more direct form of writing, but I always like to bring this visual into, into the words. And metaphor really is about creating this vision in the mind of the reader. But it's such an interesting thing because there's a lot of metaphors that are so old that we barely understand what they are. 
are, you know. So where, whereas there are some new ones as well that are sort of the kids, kids in my class know what they mean. But I was thinking about the metaphors and in Owen's Afternoon Tea, there's actually, it's a very visual book and it's a rhyming book. There's actually not a lot of metaphors in there. But in my novel, it's very creative, uses lots of similes and metaphors. I think one of the most well-known ones is he is the apple of my eye. And this is such a good example because Shakespeare knew exactly what he was talking about. And we probably know exactly what he's talking about. But a lot of kids have to stop and think about it. And it's something close to my heart because I've always followed this research that says that metaphor is such a crucial thing for education. So research has shown that using metaphor helps kids retain the information and understand it more. But recent research talks about this idea of liminality, which is this process that happens in our mind when we hear a metaphor. So you're gathering two things that are totally different and then making them similar and drawing this line between them. So it kind of gives you this idea of hierarchy, where things relate to each other, how they're different, how they're similar. And it actually invites the reader to think deeper about the the concept and also work out where the value is and how these things can be related. So apple of his eye, it instantly the reader is invited to respond instead of just receiving a piece of information that's already formed so Mm. apple of his eye you're thinking well who likes apples do I like apples is an apple a good thing (laughs) possibly a lot of kids these days would think "Hmm, what's so special about an apple (laughs) so what does it actually mean so I think the metaphor is just such an active thing to have in your writing it's actually presenting this concept. And another one has the heart of a lion, which is a really good example. So I think instantly people know that a lion's really powerful, you know, but some metaphor is a little bit more elusive. So, yeah, I've tried to put some into my writing and um, especially features in my novel. Mm, that's really interesting. Super interesting, especially thinking about how kids would perceive it. And then the thoughts that and being invited to, you know, think further about what that means to them and stuff. I haven't heard it put that way. That's really interesting. It's something that really draws us into the language, into language itself. And often we just don't even notice that we're using metaphors and we don't even use um, our awareness to think about how powerful language is. And I think it's really important element in fiction, but also in any kind of literature that is trying to get people to sort of understand the relationship between things and ideas. It sounds like, um, oh, could people use it ineffectively rather than adding to the language? Do you think that people could just, if they were just throwing it in there for the sake of having it in, or it could be done not as effectively yeah, well, as that. <laughs> I think if we're not really understanding what metaphor does and the power of it, we think it's just kind of decorative and it's just kind of creating this nice little floral sort of language. But um, it can be used in a really powerful way. 
Mm, absolutely. And do you have any advice for authors who maybe want to incorporate metaphor into their writing effectively rather than ineffectively? <laughs> well, for me, I'm very much about I'm a mapper. And I think mat- metaphor is a way of mapping things. You know, it create it, it's really about linking ideas and linking things and how they what they mean to us. And it's bringing emotion into into our descriptions. So I would say if you are using metaphor, be really creative and playful with it and just put all your ideas down on paper and see where these connections are and just really explore. I think if we use metaphor more, the writing really does become more personal. Mm, Absolutely. Do you have any examples you can share with us from your own work or um, well, I was going to read a little bit for you from um, Owen's Afternoon Tea first because I've just, it hasn't, this little section hasn't got too much um, metaphor in it, but it's a really nice little section at the heart of the story. So I can do that. Yes, fantastic, please. At the top of the tree, the eagle hopped back and Owen took the moment to unpack. Out came the lump of beef, measuring tape and pie, Owen measured and sketched while the harpy sat by. Using the arms of the tree, Owen set up afternoon tea. (laughs) Oh, I love that. It's gorgeous. (laughs) So that was my little fun part. And um, just to get a little bit more in depth, I've got a little section from my book to read, which you'll see has a lot more metaphor in it, actually. And this is a section of the book where the main character, Riley, he's actually reflecting so it's kind of a memory more than what's happening at the time blue sky blinked one tiny opal blink at him before folds of dark green closed over his head as he hit the water he plummeted downwards feeling his body spinning oddly without time to close his mouth and take a life-preserving breath his mouth arched wide midway through one last guffaw It filled with water and his eyes flew open under the water. The sounds of the river sunk away as he sank deep into its stomach. Riley's world turned blue, then green. Shadows drifted before him and he watched as if a film was playing before his eyes. The light dimmed as he felt himself sinking. Then a sharp yellow ball of light hit his eye, making him squint. Like a giant eyeball, it hovered above the surface, peering down on him. He gently flapped his legs, filling the viscous liquid around him and space, so much empty space. He watched the eye examining him. Then he felt a gentle pat on his arm, as if someone was gently shaking him to get him to wake up. He flapped his leg again, and this time he felt a hand catch his leg and cradle his limbs. He looked down and saw the dark lines of submerged trees beneath him. Like hooked arms, he felt these ancient old limbs gently fold around him and press him upwards towards the surface. Wow, that is extremely descriptive there. Really draws you in. Yeah, so it was really about the main character's relationship with the river or this experience he had in the river when he was swimming with his friends. And I was very conscious of the river as something that's so important to a community. And rivers just have so much meaning and they're so present in literature and in our lives. So I wanted to just create this presence of the river in the story. That's fantastic. You've you've definitely (laughs) done it very well. (laughs) 
thank you. <laughs> and so before, you know, you embarked on your novel writing and uh, using metaphor within your work, have you read many other works that incorporate metaphor? Are, are you quite well versed in it or not so much? Um, I really love books that explore the environment and some of the writers that I just absolutely love and would read again and again and again would be I really love The Old Man and the Sea and uh, Storm Boy as well. I don't know if you're familiar with Storm Boy. Uh, yeah, um, I've he- heard of it. I haven't read. The, I haven't. I've heard of the film, and I've, I've. I've. We've got. Do you know what? We've actually got the tiny. They give those tiny little books away. We've got Storm Boy yeah. on in that, but I haven't actually read it yet. But it looks amazing. Yeah, well, it's these books are the sort of things that have this very evocative kind of environment, and the characters are always responding to their environment. Also, Dylan Thomas, who wrote actually Under Milkwood, which was originally a radio play, actually. So studied that at university and just totally fell in love with First Voice. And that's it's all got that kind of lyricism and um, this evocative environmental writing which just absolutely captures my heart oh it sounds like it It sounds like you you are writing from a place of your heart and passions yeah with things that you care about most which is amazing I yeah I haven't actually read any of those but I'll definitely put them on my list the one the one book that I did read that I knew I think a new metaphor metaphor was being used I suppose but by the end I didn't actually get it until someone had said to me didn't you um it was the end of the world is bigger than love by Davina Bell I don't know if you've read any of Davina's books she writes uh yeah she writes for all ages actually her picture books are like my favorite picture books but she writes junior fiction and young adult stuff as well but this novel it was like a magic realism novel it was told from the perspective of two twins summer and winter and it was like like on this it was like the wor- the world was ending but the they were on some sort of island and there was there was sort of cyber attacks and things like it was really sh- it was quite it was very strange it was it, but it was so gripping and by the end one of the twins it, it felt like uh she was wearing away but she was off playing with this bear and the the other sister who was sort of portrayed as the mean one was not very happy that she had this affair with this bear and i was starting to think that the bear was maybe this <laughs> this this man or something because it was almost like it was like a love story but someone else said to me uh, who, who knows Davina pretty well and she said didn't you get that the bear was like a metaphor for an eating disorder and I was like no I actually didn't get that, <laughs> that oh, maybe. me but um, honestly I highly recommend it because it was it was really executed very well yeah with that one was, was quite powerful so I mean this, this is the thing about metaphor it can just it just draws you into the world and into mm-hmm. the world of this of these stories and I think it's just so powerful absolutely it definitely um adds depth to the novel i feel for sure so will this be something you think uh your work will be known for going forward you you'll probably still play around with metaphor quite often in your works or not sure yet um oh definitely it's definitely my comfort zone is to write with that level of description and I feel like words are just so powerful and so important that we really do explore them. I think sometimes literature has given us this impression that the power of words or the weight of words is kind of being lost. And sometimes with social media and the digital world, those things can be lost. And I really feel like this wonderful experience 
exploring and exploration and experiment with words is where my comfort zone is for sure. Absolutely. It sounds like it. Something that's coming to mind when you're you're kind of talking there, I don't know if you've been involved in or and especially being a teacher as well, all this uh, AI, artificial intelligence talk at the moment. Is that yes. anything you've come across? Fascinating. Oh. I find it just absolutely fascinating. It brings me to another book that I absolutely love, which is Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so many things happening in the world that were predicted way back in the 1940s by these writers. I just think it is incredibly fascinating. My daughter is actually doing a trip soon and she did her that with a group of friends. They did the whole itinerary on chat GPT. And there's so many examples of people who are using this and it's just fascinating. I find it absolutely yeah. fascinating. <laughs> I, I, I haven't played around with it yet as much. Like a, a guy that was working with, he really was taken with it. But And I suppose I have to have to, to see what it's about. But what is, and I think if you use it in the correct way, it's great. But what is scary and concerning is obviously a lot of authors are like, ah, because this thing can write full-length novels, but it's not so coherent. I don't think that it still needs a good editing job and all the rest. And what worries me, like, I guess it's from, I've got two daughters as well, like from their perspective, even now I watch them on their iPads. It, I feel like it's making people lazy in the terms of even speech, you know, I'm asking Siri, the kids are like, Siri, find this without even making that typing connection or writing connection. And even some schools are like trying to do away with cursive. And I'm just like, oh, <gasps> You know, what is going on? Is there going to be at one point now they're just going to say to this computer, you know, write me a book on blah, 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 or write me this. And it just does it for them and they don't think or they don't. Do you think? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's hard with this new tech, with new technologies. And it's that whole thing of uh, is the the legal side of things keeping up with technology. It's just a constant thing. Are we looking after people as as these technologies take over? And are we looking after our minds and our knowledge and our language as things take over? Mm. One of the things I've noticed since I started publishing books is just the groups when you when you go to a writer's group or or I went to York Writers Festival and met some amazing authors there. I met um, Diane Wolfer, which was just amazing hanging out with her. And the way that people extend themselves towards you when you're in these communities. And I really think that's where is is where it's going to come back to to save us you know is the the authors that are writing from their heart they're connecting with people and in the communities in any any field of society those communities is where you're going to really get that rich engagement and rich material use the metaphor I suppose it's going to sort the wheat from the chaff (laughs) (laughs) well that's what I was thinking I wonder if this thing I mean if you type into it write metaphor write a novel with using metaphor would you have to tell it what metaphor could it even do it or will will writing metaphor be what sets us apart from the artificial intelligence I don't know Oh, the mind boggles. And and it is a little bit scary, but it's also titillatingly interesting as well. This is the whole thing. As a writer, you really are kind of a scientist, an experimenter, and um, you, you can't help but feel fascinated by it at the same time. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm not opposed to it if it's used correctly, of course. And it's definitely not going away. All this kill, you know, stop it now. It's no, it's it's happening. It's the way of the future, you know, as well as Web 3.0 and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's interesting to hear the conversations around it. But yeah, I, I did wonder, like from a, a writing metaphor perspective, whether whether it can, I suppose. <laughs> but... Oh, and I heard another story recently about someone who received all these letters that you know, because they were going, they're going through a separation and the letters seemed very litigious. And then she worked out they were all written by ChatGPT. (sighs) And it's just, it's a kind of such a double-edged sword because everybody is just so incredibly overworked and there's so many tasks in our lives that we just don't have time to do so in a way it can be a real support to people I think you know if you need to write up a contract but then there's that editing process and that human process which would have to be part of it if you want something to just have that quality yeah I agree it's good points there like if it can be used to your advantage without sort of hurting anyone because in my mind I'm just like when you put it in and it's taking I, I know it's the the same as the well the, like the internet you're obviously people's site where they get stuff from but this thing mashes up a million different bits of information doesn't it it's kind of like well where are you where does it get it from you know like I, I just don't right. <laughs> I, I think where I'm getting it is just uh, I, are you part of the Australian Society of Authors yes yes and um, they, they recently just put a survey out and it was really good I filled it out as well and it was questions such as you know how do you feel about it do you feel it's a threat to you should should uh would you want to be aware if you had uh, read something from that or a book was cr- from that you know so all that sort of stuff but yeah I think the more that time goes on the more that the legal stuff will come out where it's sort of saying uh you know this has been made by chat GDT or all the other things or <laughs> you know. definitely yeah I definitely think by acknowledging that um it's going to be very supportive and protective mm-hmm. of people's writing definitely it's it's important and again it's all just about unpacking these things and trying to you you need you know you need quite a lot of imagination going forward to you know it's like what Albert Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge you really have to imagine what could go wrong so that we can protect ourselves from these things yeah that's that's one of my favorite sayings as well I used to have it on my wall once I when I had a wall and (laughs) when I had a home that wasn't on wheels (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh well anyway yes molly what what are you writing now are you writing anything or are you just taking a step I back because your books are out <laughs> yes i'm very excited about this book that i'm writing it's actually about the wedding dress of my great grandmother she made this dress on the boat on her way from Arbroath in Scotland. She was emigrating to Pingarup in Western Australia. And my great grandfather, from being from Scotland, had this amazing love of Scottish locks and heard that Pingarup had all these lakes and thought, yes, let's go and start a new life in Pingarup. And I think he didn't quite uh, understand that a salt lake in Pingarup was not quite what a lock in Scotland was. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I'm trying to write this picture book for children about this dress. Uh, I have the dress in my house and it's this beautiful ivory dress of lace and silk 
And I'm just fascinated about this whole process of this dress because she had a dress shop in Arbroath in Scotland and came to this tiny community. And it's just going to be another story about all these settlers who have given up such a huge life and then had to come and restart a new new life and a story about this amazing epic journey that that this dress made and um, just the story of that emigration. Mm. Mm, wow, that sounds absolutely incredible. I'm interested to know why do you, what, how come you see it as a picture book? Because to me, that's got so much to it I would have thought that you might have gone longer from there yeah I it's funny I can really clearly visualize all the illustrations as if they're already done and um there's a few artists that have done there was a Hungarian artist I've forgotten her name at the moment who did these beautiful drawings of these pictures of boats with trees in them, but there's people emigrated across the waters. And because she was a seamstress and made clothes, I think there's this really tactile thing, this fabric, and and quite metaphorical as well about stitching these clothes and these new clothes, if you like, for this new life. And I think it would just make a really beautiful visual. So the idea is it would be a chapter book, but it will be a chapter book but with a little bit more illustration in it but I'd also like to do a non-fiction book as well and just interview some people about their stories because again these stories are just all around us we live right here with these stories floating around us right next to us and a lot of them are just waiting to be heard Mm, well said there yeah and I think the the book sounds fantastic as all does all your books so far so a huge congratulations and well done can you tell us where can people find your works you know online and store and all about you well the picture book is available in a few bookstores you can get it from Mill Point Cafe Bookstore in South Perth Fremantle Arts Centre available from Merchant Bookshop in Albany and Herdsman Lake Discovery Centre. Their little shop, you can get it from there. It's also available online and through my link tree in Instagram, you can find that link to that book. And and I'll be finding bookstores for Call of the Boudia. And I am also doing a few workshops here and there. So I've got the book for sale at those workshops. I did one at South Perth Library, which was really lovely. We made these bird feeders and... 5th of July, I've got one at Herdsman Lake Discovery Centre, which is just the most beautiful setting. It's stunning wetlands full of birds and paperbark trees. We'll be doing a bird walk there and a clay making, emu clay making workshop as well as reading the story. Oh, how beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for your time and expertise. It's been just lovely talking to you. It's been wonderful chatting to you. I'm all inspired and I've got all these new books that I can go and explore that you've mentioned. So that's absolutely lovely, lovely time reading. (laughs) Yes, me too as well. But thanks again. Thank you. So there you have it, folks, the truly magical metaphor discussion with the lovely Molly Fernandez. As you can tell, folks, she's a natural-born storyteller, so go check out her fabulous books for children. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have Stacey Webb on limiting beliefs in authorship.
I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. It's bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.